Hey, everybody. Kevin Grossman, president of Talent Board. If improving your recruiting processes and the candidate experience for both external and internal candidates are key priorities for you and your organization, then we highly recommend you register for our 2019 North American Candy Symposium and Awards Gala in Washington, D.C. on October 14th. We have a full day of amazing speakers and sessions, and we're also doing this event in conjunction with the ERE Recruiting Conference on October 15th and 16th. So the evening of the 14th, you can come join us at the joint reception with the ERE. And then that evening, could enjoy our gala awards dinner where we celebrate the 2019 North American Candy Experience Awards winners, companies that have the highest positive candidate ratings in our research, and enjoy a dinner and award ceremony. Just go to the talentboard.org and click on the Candy Symposium and Awards Gala link, and then you can register with code CE19VIP to save $50 off an already very reasonable registration price. We hope to see you in DC on October 14th. Now enjoy the podcast. One thing that that's really stood out for us in terms of what separates us from other players in the space is the, the quality and, and robustness of the conversations that we can have with candidates and the, the experience and results that that creates for our customers. You're listening to the Candy Shop Talk podcast brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Talent Board is the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience. The Candy Shop Talk podcast welcomes Eyal Grajewski, CEO and co-founder of Maya, a natural language recruiting assistant chatbot that offers sourcing and recruitment process automation to transform the way companies hire candidates and a proud Candidate Experience Award sponsor. Listen in on how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting and the business bottom line. Eyal, thank you so much for joining me on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. Before we dive into the rest of the show, why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do today? Sure. And thanks for having me on the podcast. So my name is Eyal Grajewski. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Maya Systems. A little bit about myself. So I, I actually come from a long history in recruiting. Uh, prior to founding Maya, I ran First Job, which was one of the leading marketplaces in the US for early career talent, where we supported hundreds of the largest enterprises in the world in their efforts as source for internship and entry-level jobs. And before that, I actually spent several years working for my family staffing business, where I got a huge amount of exposure into the industry very early on in my life. And back in 2016, my, my co-founder and I actually had this big vision to apply conversational AI to the recruiting process based on what we saw in the market and, and many of the inefficiencies and pitfalls in the candidate experience that, that we witnessed in operating first job. And, and so Maya is actually one of the leading recruitment automation and conversational AI solution providers in, in, in the industry. What we do is we apply rich conversational experiences to the recruiting process. And that's happening through these very dynamic two-way conversational experiences that do a number of things for hiring teams. First of all, we're, we're able to nurture and manage large talent pools. Uh, we can help source new candidates into the funnel through outreach and engagement, as well as automate the screening, scheduling, and onboarding process for, for hiring teams. We do that through multiple channels, such as SMS, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger. Um, we can embed the conversational interface into your career site and application process. And our platform 
really makes it easy for our customers to implement and scale that experience across their organization. Uh, we provide deep insights and analytics that are surfaced through Maya and can integrate seamlessly into our clients' uh, ATS and, and calendar system. So very excited to dig in and, and share more about, about what we do. So Al, thanks for sharing that. The, the thing I want to touch on first is that what we see in the Talent Board Candidate Experience Awards research this year in 2019, we're still collecting data for this year, the way we do our annual program. We did see an increase last year in 2018 of more employers looking to the future to, to invest and experiment with more AI-related technology, chatbots in particular for the career sites, but also a lot of the sourcing and recruiting processes that you just referenced as well. Even more so this year in 2019, again, still collecting the data at least through the end of the month in North America, but we're seeing again an increase of companies not only experimenting now, but looking towards 2020 to maybe investing in some of those things. But there's a lot, and you know this especially, there's a lot of a lot of noise and misconceptions in the space about artificial intelligence and recruiting and machine learning and natural language processing. Go back to you and your co-founder and when you said you wanted to bring this to recruiting to help improve efficiencies. Expand on that a little bit further. What what were you really seeing were some of the issues and even the challenges that you're helping recruiting and talent acquisition overcome? Yeah. So so what we learned from the many years operating first job was that the candidate experience really suffered from some of the inefficiencies in the recruiting process. More specifically, we saw around 85% of job applications fall into the black hole, which led you know, candidates to, to have this spray and pray mentality. And, and there are even features out there that play into that. So you know, job boards now offering the ability to apply to 50 jobs with one click. And on the flip side, what we saw was recruiters were drowning. And a lot of the time that recruiters were spending, what we saw was roughly 75% of recruiters' time was spent towards repetitive tasks that really slowed them down. So things like sourcing resumes online, sifting and sorting through job applications. We saw about 144 applications come through per job posting and performing tasks to move candidates through the funnel. And so as a result, what happened was they ignored a huge amount of the applications that were coming through, which kind of led to this vicious cycle. And at the end of the day, recruiters should be spending time engaging in quality interactions with candidates. And we saw that recruiters were able to spend only a small portion of their time having those meaningful engagements and were constrained to roughly 200 conversations per month. And in further digging into the problem, we, we identified that often where the process broke down was in the lack of communication and transparency. And so we saw this unique opportunity to apply this type of technology to bridge that communications gap, provide more transparency to the user, but also automate a lot of that legwork and uh, really feed recruiters with qualified, interested, available candidates so they can spend more time really engaging with those individuals and converting, converting hires. Music to my ears. Music, beautiful music to my ears. And I say that because it's pretty clear, 
year after year that we've been doing this at Talent Board and the research and working with the employers that we work with and doing workshops and meeting with them. On the one hand, we've made it easier to apply. We've, we have gotten to that. It's that Amazon customer experience of one click. I, I'm applying and you reference job boards, allowing that to happen more often. But even the collapsing the time it takes just to get in the front door, right? Going from maybe 30 plus minutes to now 15, 10, even five or less sometimes. But that influx of volume of applications across job types and roles continues to be inordinate. It's not going away and it's, it's, it is drowning. And you've got those serial appliers that are never going to be qualified for the jobs they're applying for, which is a big time suck for recruiters too at the end of the day. So it's nice to hear that part of the equation, improving those efficiencies. And the other thing that we see that I wanted to comment on is the communication part. That's one of the biggest differentiators every single year in our research, every single year that the more engagement and communication is happening pre-application, through application to early screening interviews, and to those, the small percentage of folks that actually get hired, the higher the positive ratings, the higher the perceived fairness. So filling that where those gaps were, as you referenced, the communication gaps with automation. A lot of people in this space over the past few years, in my experience, they were worried that, oh God, everybody's going to know that, you know, I'm talking to this technology, this chatbot, whatever it is. And, but it actually, the more the candidates are engaged, the higher the ratings go, right? So that's, that's a good thing. How else are you differentiating them, right? Because there are as we know, other players in the space that are doing parts of what you're doing uh, all across the board, or maybe more, more of a focus on the chatbot career site technology itself. How else are you differentiating them at Maya? Well, you know, going into going into building this business, one of the big questions we had was around, you know, whether or not candidates were going to engage with our technology and, and whether or not by automating those engagements and, and that communication, whether or not we were able to, to really enhance the, the candidate experience. And you know, one thing that that's really stood out for us in terms of what separates us from other players in the space is the the quality and, and robustness of the conversations that we can have with candidates and the, the experience and results that that creates for our customers. What we've seen with other solutions in the space or other pro- providers that are starting to build features around this capability is that they rely very heavily on yes or no, um, multiple choice type of response solutions, which really constrain the experience, uh, as well as the data and insights that you can capture from candidates and their ability to communicate their value effectively, but also the effectiveness of the specific use cases like outreach in our case, which require more advanced user intent handling. So our ability to really deliver that rich experience um, has really set us apart first and foremost. And then the results. So what we've seen is that the more advanced approach to conversational AI has also delivered consistently higher response rates, engagement, conversion. And we track candidate experience really closely. And we've seen a dramatic uptick in candidate experience which is correlated to the, the richness of the conversations that we're able to have. Beyond that, there's a few other ways that we're, we're really differentiated in the market. One is the, the depth of the solution and the breadth of the use cases that we support. So really going deep into some of these use cases where we're offering fully featured products versus just features. And that extends from the very first point of contact, whether it's a passive candidate in your database where we're nurturing them over time, where we're able to source from that pool and help refresh those databases, but 
all the way through to, to the point of hire. We have four products that cater to that entire life cycle. Uh, outreach automation, which is really our focus on the passive candidate database. Uh, recruitment automation, which takes candidates from apply all the way to hire. So supports rich screening capabilities, calendaring, scheduling. Uh, our career site solution, which is newer, which now lives front end on the career site. And then some of the newer capabilities we're introducing around post-hire to continue that experience. A few other things as well that um, over time we, we've really matured around is the depth of integrations and really supporting all the different apply sources. There's a lot of complexities, especially in some of these enterprise environments in terms of all the different ways that they're sourcing candidates. So to fill those gaps and all the tooling that enables our customers to scale. So we're the only player in the space that has scaled for some of the largest agencies and, and enterprises in the market uh, at full production, uh, where we're supporting 500 locations for a single customer, which is another challenge that really separates Maya uh, in, in our ability to uh, support the enterprise. Al, what kind of learning are we talking about? How many transactions did the technology that need to have in order to get to a point where the accuracy of the conversations are, you know, spot on? Meaning, as a candidate, even though I know I'm probably talking to a chatbot, I'm still having an engaging conversation. I'm getting my questions answered. What's the, you know, you're doing a lot of work with very large staffing agencies and enterprise organizations, but how? What is that tipping point to get there? Like, is it millions of transactions? For those, you know, the, the science geeks in us, what did that take on the training side? It's a great question. Well, early on, we really focused on building more of a workflow solution so that we could get this experience into our customers' environments and start to interact with candidates and, and start collecting that initial training data set. We use a lot of other techniques um, that allow us to augment the data that we're capturing, you know, using Mechanical Turk or other data augmentation techniques to multiply those data sets. Mm -hmm. But really, it's the, the challenge is getting that initial data set where you can start to really apply some of those more advanced machine learning techniques that rapidly advance the, the technology and allow it to learn. You know, today we've had tens of millions of candidate inter interactions across over 16 industries. So, you know, you're dealing with a massive data set that we're now able to use to continue to inform and introduce new capabilities uh, and advance the technology. That's for hundreds of employer brands. Over time, we've really opened up and unlocked this ability to start to do some of the more advanced machine learning and, and AI related techniques that, that have brought us to this point. Do you work across, I mean, obviously you said, I think 16 industries, is there, are there really bigger key industries that you're focused on? Is it across the board, healthcare, financial services, technology companies, where's some of the kind of the key, key focus has been with your customers right now? Yeah, well, we, where we started was more in the hourly space. Sure. Um, so, you know, that was the obvious starting point. There's just a, a, a lot of room for automation. And, and some of those conversations are a little bit more straightforward. You know, those are industries like light industrial, call centers. Um, we then kind of graduated into retail where we started supporting some of the largest retailers. These are roles like sales associate roles at the retail level. We started working with companies in the hospitality industry, airlines. So a lot of the kind of hourly segments of the workforce. And from there, kind of as the technology matured, 
as we introduce new use cases that cater to more of the professional categories, we, we began introducing uh, capabilities to support industries like healthcare and the financial industries. So we started bringing on banking customers. We, we work with some of the large management consulting firms that just have massive hiring challenges at, at just huge scale. So you know, there's, there's a number of newer industries more on the professional side that, that we've begun to expose Maya to. That's pretty exciting. And yes, I, I knew a lot of similar technologies and companies such as yourself started in high volume hiring and in those industries that you pointed out. So that's that's a really good point. It sounds like the level of sophistication is really truly getting there. If I'm company X and I'm, let's say that I'm a healthcare organization and there is, you know, I, I'm hiring, I am hiring hourly employees, administrative employees, salaried employees, as well as medical professionals, nursing, just as an example. Example, what's kind of like that time frame from listen, we want to embed this in some of our processes and plugging in, turning the lights on. What's that time frame look like? What does it take for you to then start really getting a company up and running, you know, mid-size enterprise level healthcare organization? Just as an example. Yeah. So uh, we now support repeatable integrations with most of the key ATS providers. We have uh, integrations with all the calendaring systems. Uh, we have workflows and integrations that support all the different application sources, etc. So a lot of that legwork is already done, which was typically the long pole in the process. The other side of, of the process that historically would take more time is the actual configuration of the workflow for the customer, as well as the conversations that are enabling this experience across these various use cases. The good news is, is that over the course of the last three years and supporting all these large enterprises and agencies, we've amassed this very large catalog of production-ready, trained, conversational capabilities that live within our platform and are readily available within our platform, which come in the form of not only specific questions that Maya can ask that can be configured very easily into a conversation or pre-existing conversational templates that help our customers kind of get off the ground really quickly. Uh, So now that all of that foundation is in place, we're able to support customers uh, depending on their tier level. So we have a few different packages that you can buy into, some that are self-service, others that are more enterprise grade. You can get started in as quickly as a couple weeks to, you know, for an enterprise level customer, closer to six to eight weeks to get the entire environment ready to scale. We're getting a lot better at rapidly deploying customers has been a big part of this journey for us. What are some of the key measures of success then for customers that you've been working with over time? Like, What are the metrics, the data, the analytics, all those things, all of the above that I'm seeing as um, a user of, of Maya to make sure that I'm actually reducing costs per hire and, and better screening quality overall. I mean, what are, what are some of the key measures of success that Maya is helping your customers with? Well, with every customer, we sit down and we understand all the benchmarks, right? What does your process look like before Maya was inserted? And we look at things like time to fill, cost per hire, the applicant to hire rate, which is a measurement of efficiency of, of the process. Interview to hire is a good measurement of quality. You know, if you're interviewing less people to generate a hire, that usually means that we're generating better candidates. And of course, the feedback loops that existed in the platform help inform that as well. We track candidate satisfaction scores. So we have rich capabilities around basically surveying candidates, both in a scoring format, as well as through open-ended feedback, which we actually do some NL 
pee on top of to surface, you know, trends in terms of candidate feedback. Time saved is a big one for productivity. So when we look at how much time a recruiter spending on sourcing activities or screening activities or scheduling activities or you know, some of the, the reminders or the disposition activities, we can actually track our platform tracks the time that we're saving those recruiters. And I would argue, argue one of the most important ones is output per FTE. So how many hires is a, re- a single recruiter generating? And when you talk about like staffing, for example, that's revenue generation. So that takes that's weighed very heavily. But for an enterprise, it's more around, you know, how much am I able to get out of a recruiter in terms of of output. So, you know, those are some of the things that we track really closely and and we'll we'll start with a benchmark and then we'll we'll be able to track, you know, speed is an easy one, you know, how quickly do do we get candidates into the interview stage and and into the higher state, you know, we're seeing upwards of 79-80% reduction just largely because of the instantaneous nature of the engagement sure. and the ability to convert people. And then tracking how are we reducing applicant to hire. I would argue that's a really big one too be, from a candidate perspective because what it means is if you engage with our software, you're much more likely to get placed. And a big driver of that also is our ability to, if the candidate's not qualified for the role they've applied to, to identify another role within the client's ecosystem that's more suitable and connect them immediately to a recruiter. So that's one that we track very closely and as well as um, some of the productivity metrics. No, that's fantastic. All, all of those things in particular, as it relates to the, the candidate experience and just the perception of fairness in the process, the more that they feel that, and again, especially if they're not being selected, and we know that most individuals aren't for any given job that they're applying for, if there's another recommendation for them, if they feel again, overall, it was a positive experience. And especially if, if, I'm, if I have any kind of recommendations on what to do next, they're more likely again, to apply and you want the future fit, silver medalist, bronze medalist, et cetera, you want them to apply again. You want them to refer, which they're going to be more willing to do. And for a lot of those consumer-based companies that you've worked with in those industries and hospitality, retail, they're more likely to buy stuff as um, being an actual primary customer in that regard. So we see that in our data every year. So tell me, well, as we kind of wind down this podcast. It's just you and I. I'm not going to tell anybody. What's something top secret that's coming that you can share with us uh, coming from Maya? Kind of tongue-in-cheek. But what what's coming down the road? Is there anything exciting that you can you can share with us that is going to a new release, a new module, a new something with Maya? Yeah, absolutely. We we have a lot of a lot of exciting stuff being introduced into the product. We recently rolled out some of our new platform capabilities around self-service and our outreach uh, setup and management capabilities and things that are really making it easy for our customers to scale. But some of the the more future stuff. So for example, we're constantly adding the support of new use cases that create additional value to our customers by automating new tasks or or phases of the process. And one that we're really starting to dig into is uh, the post-hire experience. So our vision was always to build a relationship with the candidate from the very first point of contact. But through not only the recruiting process, but beyond into the post-hire employee experience and then helping that candidate advance not only in their career, but to the next opportunity. And so 
post-hire engagement is a huge part of that. And, and we're already starting to introduce, so we, we're, we're in beta with things like new hire check-ins, pulse surveys, internal mobility, and what we call redeployment, which is Maya's ability to help guide candidates to their next opportunity. Uh, so things that are really improving the employee and associate engagement and experience. Another area of the platform that we're investing a lot of resources in and continuing to advance is our analytics and some of the intelligence in the platform. You know, we're collecting this massive amount of, of rich, open-ended conversational data across the, the entire candidate lifecycle. And what we're doing with that data is, is a huge part of the, of the future for us. We've already begun introducing new intelligence such as predictive analytics, strategic insights that are informing a better sourcing strategy. Uh, as well as other conversational analytics. So a lot of really exciting stuff around uh, around that side of the platform as well. That's awesome. Uh, in reference to the post-hire work that, you're, that you were talking about, it's great because obviously you're already knowing this going down the, this rabbit hole, but internal mobility is getting is finally getting a lot more focus and especially large enterprises, but in even mid-sized companies, we're, we're hearing it and seeing it more. And you have to constantly re-recruit to retain. So that that idea of how to keep keep engaging those folks. Candidate experience is, is employee experience once you're hired and it's candidate experience. They're all inextricably linked as far as I'm concerned. So Al, a couple of final questions that I wanted to ask you. This is kind of a softball question, but you know, I'm going to ask it anyway. Why, from your perspective, should companies be benchmarking and measuring their candidate experience? Particularly, obviously, participating in a program like Talent Board, but however they're doing it, why should they be doing it? Yeah, candidate experience is is so important. I mean, it's it's a big reason why recruiters are, you know, in that line of work is to benefit the people that they're engaging with, and uh, of course, the the brand matters a whole lot. Uh, you know, if if you're turning down candidates, um, not giving them uh, a fair chance at the job, or or ignoring them in, in the process, you know, that doesn't reflect positively on your brand, uh, and and ultimately, it's going to impact how that candidate, you know, represents your brand in the market. So, you know, that's incredibly important. But also, you know, these are people that are an incredibly important asset in the talent strategy for any organization. When you're engaging with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or even millions of applications every year for for some of these organizations, and collecting those uh, candidate profiles in your database. By engaging them and, and having those conversations and learning about their interests and, and staying engaged with them over time, you know, those are people that are going to be future employees, people that you can tap into and, and recruit. So uh, I also see it as an incredibly uh, valuable asset for, for any talent acquisition strategy. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that one. The last question that I like to ask my guests is, besides everything work that we've been talking about, because we work a lot right? We're, we're always talking shop. We're always doing something. You're always driving, pushing the technology to the, to the next level uh, of what you're doing at Maya. What else does AL like to do outside of work? <laughs> what, else, what else do you do? Outside of work, you know, my, my biggest hobby is snowboarding. So that's probably where, where I'll spend my time during the winter. My more recent hobby has been fly fishing. And it's, it's a really fun sport. And I've been getting into it recently. There's a lot of spots near San Francisco and it really helps you kind of get out outside and, and take your mind off of work. And uh, I've also been spending a lot of my free time planning for my wedding, which is coming up next spring. So lots on the plate here. 
Well, congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank, thank you for sharing that news. And that, and I've also heard that fly fishing, not necessarily marriage, but we can argue that later on, that fly fishing is, um, it's, it is, can be very Zen and it's a great opportunity to kind of get out of a lot of different zones, but it opens up your mind to get those synapses firing when you go back into those zones too, right? And I'm sure that, that's what I heard. But, you know, marriage can do that too. <laughs> I can. I've, I've been with my wife for, well, we the same date that we met is the same date we got married. So it's 22 years and 16 years. And uh, it, can be, it can be Zen too and lots of other things. So there you go. But congratulations. And thank you so much again for being on the Candy Shop Talk podcast and for your support as well of the Talent Board Candidate Experience Awards. And I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research, visit www.thetalentboard.org.